0: Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk This is Pastor Marco Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live If you've never been, if you live in the area We have two services, Saturday 6pm and Sunday 10am And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com We believe this message is going to encourage you But also challenge you in your walk with God If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles, the book of Philippians, chapter 2. We want to continue the series, Experiencing God. We believe that God is meant to be experienced. He wants us to know Him by experience, and He wants us to be able to do His will. Can you say amen? amen? I want to talk to you tonight, if you're taking notes, about being God's servant. Last week we talked about doing God's will. And tonight, I want to talk to you about being God's servant. The heart behind this series is that God wants us to know him. And God wants us to be able to do his will. And in order to do that, we must learn to give ourselves away. So he can use us. If he can use anything, he can use me. Can you say amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 2, it's a long read tonight, but it's worth it. I didn't want to chop this up. I just wanted to just let it be and let it speak for itself. Philippians 2, verse 1, we're going to read from verse 1 through verse 11. Are you there? If you're not there, there's a giant Bible behind me um, that you can follow along. The Bible says this, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together? In the spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate? They make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests. But take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself To the glory of God the Father, can you say amen? Well, have a good night. (laughs) I, I think that basically says it all right there. But we've been talking about how God calls us to experience his love, his unconditional love. You don't earn it. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can only accept his unconditional love. And once you accept that, then you understand salvation, that it's a gift. You know, the grace is a gift, you know, from God to us. And that once we get a hold of his love, then we got a hold of salvation. We got a hold of redemption. And now he calls us to live on mission for him. He calls us to be part of now the rescued mission. Like God has been on a rescue mission Since the day Adam and Eve sinned, his longing has been to rescue humanity. And he does it through his son, Jesus Christ. But then he says, now you become part of the rescuing unit. You can help bring restoration and redemption and healing. You can't save people, but you can certainly set the tone for them. You can certainly be a blessing in someone's life. Can you say amen? amen? And so God wants to make us part of the rescue mission to reach a lost in dying world, but in order for that to happen, the requirement is that you and I have to embrace becoming a servant of the Lord, becoming who He created us to be before sin separated us from His will. Can you say Amen? amen. And so, and so, we willingly submit our lives to Him. What we're just saying should be a longing, a desire that we all have to say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you as a sacrifice, right? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, he says, the only thing left to do when you understand the unconditional love of Jesus is just offer your life and say, Lord, I'm yours. Use me as you will. Can you say amen? Amen. And so it only happens when I trust his love. Because if I can trust his love, then I can trust his will. And if I can trust his will, then I can trust his commands. Can you say amen? Amen. We have the greatest example and model of what this looks like in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ultimate servant. Jesus is the embodiment of what it means to follow the will of God. This passage that we just read is considered to be one of the most important passages in the entire New Testament about the person of Jesus Christ. It gives you a full picture of this man God that till this day people are still wrestling with. You're still trying to figure out who is this person. Some people say he was a moral teacher. Some people say he was, you know, a great religious man. Some people say, uh, you know, he, he was a prophet. But here, scriptures unf- just unpacked really who Jesus was and is because he still is. Can you say amen. amen? And so Jesus becomes fully man knowing that he was fully God. Can we just stop there for a second? And, 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 and take that in for a second, you know. I, I want tonight to explore this concept a little bit deeper so we can have a better understanding, hopefully an experience of the reality of this Jesus, because it's a great mystery. How can God become man? And how can he be man and God at the same time? Is this too heavy for a Saturday night in New Bedford, Massachusetts? But this is where I want to go tonight. You know, the Bible says, though he was God. Right? The incarnation, I look at it this way to kind of give us some kind of perspective. Some kind of perspective because it's a great mystery. The incarnation to me is the ultimate episode of the undercover boss. You ever watch that show? Where the CEO of a company goes undercover as the custodian or whatever. And, and, and he works there undercover for a little while and then he, he unveils who he is and, and someone gets a big check at the end and you know and it's a beautiful thing. Well, think about this. This is the CEO of heaven becoming the servant of all. Like that's the ultimate episode of the undercover boss in the history of the undercover boss. You know, can you imagine watching this on ABC? I think it's ABC, I'm not sure you know but jesus think think about this jesus existed in eternity now try to wrap your mind around this before he came to earth in human flesh around 2000 years ago so in other words jesus didn't show up 2000 years ago jesus came in the flesh 2000 years ago but jesus existed already in eternity past uh, if you can grasp eternity tonight then you are god He was fully divine before coming to earth. Meaning this, right? Meaning that he was fully God, which means he was eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, perfect creator and ruler of the universe before he even stepped foot on the earth that he created in the first place. What? The Bible goes on to say that he emptied himself. He emptied himself. Like, what does that actually mean? That he emptied himself of his divine attributes. In other words, that he was fully God. And, and again, if you can wrap your mind around this, Jesus fully God says, I'm going to take my divine attributes. I'm going to kind of hang him up on the shelf for a little bit. And I'm going to put on human suit. Like he's going to put on a human suit and come down to earth so that we may be able to grasp who he is even though he is God. Doesn't sound just like a moral teacher to me. So let, let, let's try this again. The CEO of heaven empties himself of divine attributes, put on a human suit, and becomes a willing servant. If you're taking notes tonight, this is powerful. Jesus becomes vulnerable to the limitations of a human being. Fully human which means he had to become fully subjected to everything that it means to be a human being all things human the, the 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 creator of the universe has now to become subject to the law he has to become subject to parents he has to become subject to working with his hands as a carpenter, he has to become subject to every human emotion that you and I have. He has to become subject to betrayal. He has to become subject to sadness. He has to become subject to tears. He has to become subject to laughing. He has to become subject to dreaming. He has to become subject to, to happiness, he has to become subject to what it means to be a real person. Are you following? He had to learn to fully be dependent on God the Father because now he's a human being. He's limited on earth. That's the true incarnation. It's not a robotic thing. A lot of times we skip over the humanity of Jesus like he was a robot. He just like, you know, we say that's Jesus. No, he Had to be fully human to have a full human experience so that we can truly say, like, he understands what we're going through. And the Bible says because of that, then you can truly come to him with confidence because he knows what it means to be human. He didn't just robotically do the human thing. He actually had feelings and emotions and struggles and burdens. And just the fact that he was fully a person. Jesus had to humble himself in obedience to God. So here, here's the creator of the universe saying, oh, I have to now willingly submit myself to God the Father in obedience. Not just any type of obedience. He had to submit, which means that, that, that he can only do what the Father asked him to do. He even said it. I can't do anything without God the Father leading me to do it because he is, he is now in The flesh, a vulnerable person, which means Jesus could actually walk away from the will of God as a human being. And so he submits himself to the will of God in order to do the will of God. To the point of dying on the cross. The worst type of punishment of death in that period. The Romans would crucify people all the time. As the capital punishment. It's like, it's like willingly submitting himself to the gas chamber. In order to do the will of God. He Listen, get this. Jesus, in order to be a savior, he had to taste physical death. On the cross he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As a human being, the first time in the history of humanity, God felt forsaken. For a split second there, this might mess us up, Jesus became an atheist. So if you ever wonder where is God, Jesus was there. If you ever felt forsaken, he knows what it means to be forsaken. You ever felt broken, he knows what it means to be broken. You you ever felt confused, he knows what it means to be confused. Have you ever cried all night? He cried all night when John the Baptist died. We must wrestle with the humanity of Jesus if we're going to really experience Jesus. If you gloss over his humanity, you'll just look at his divinity, you will never fully understand him and you will never fully believe that you can live his will because how can you if he was just Jesus, the divine? He is Jesus. The human, 100% man, 100% God. In order to be fully human, he had to taste physical death. It is the only way he can identify with us. Jesus had to fully experience the human experience. Now catch this. This is the revelation that God gave me this week that just floored me. We want to experience God, but in Jesus, God got to experience us. We're here because we want to experience God. Well, Jesus came to experience what it means to be human. So do you see the beautiful exchange? God the divine becomes human. Humans can become divine. Because God became human. So that humans can become divine. This is what it means to experience God. That is why you can trust him as a savior. That is why you can trust him as the Lord. Because he knows what it means to be a person. For 33 years he walked the earth and felt pain, felt betrayal, felt confused at times, felt broken at times, cried at times, was hungry at times. Jesus ate a lot. If you understand the concept of meal in the Jewish tradition, it means that Jesus was into relationships, wanted to be with people. Wanted to communicate with people. Wanted to open himself up to people and vice versa. Are you tracking? This is what the Bible says. You can go to him with confidence that he knows what you're going through. Because he went through it. Because he gets it. You have a Savior. Please catch this tonight. You have a Savior who gets you. Because sometimes you, you say, no one gets me. But you have a Savior that says, I do. I've been there. I've done that. I I felt that. I get what you're going through. So you can trust me tonight. What a beautiful picture of a Savior. Because of his willing obedience and submission, God the Father raised him from the dead. So the beautiful thing is, he tastes everything that you would taste. Because one day you will die. I know we tried to... La, la, la. I don't want to hear it. But the more we, we make peace with that, the more free we will live. Yeah, that's right. That that is a reality of life. But it's, but, it's, but it's the beautiful thing is with Jesus, death is not a period. It's just a comma. Life goes on. And he shows us that three days later, Jesus comes back from the dead to say, wait a minute. Time out. I've overcome your greatest fear. I rose again and so were you when you trusted me because of that. God gave him the name above all names. The Greek, for his name is kurios, which means Lord. In Hebrew, Yahweh, which means boss. (laughs) God says, because you willingly submitted yourself to my will, I'll elevate you above all things. Jesus gets this. The Bible says, every knee will bow to Jesus in heaven, which means the cosmos. Jesus controls the cosmos with this galaxies we haven't even discovered yet. Jesus is like, I know. We love science. Why? Because Jesus loves science. We don't believe science is, 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 is any different from, from faith. Science is just another field of faith. That's We're right. still discovering things. God's like, come on, invent things quicker so you can see what else I have to show you. You know. Come up with a bigger telescope because I want to show you. Oh, y'all put a car in, 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 in space. You see that the other day? Put a car in space. God's like, that's clever. <laughs> that's cute. The heavens, the Bible says, belongs to the Lord. On earth, all living things. Under the earth, which means all the dead things. All things subject to him. He subjected himself to humanity. God says, now everything is subject to you. Wow. Like you humble yourself, now I exalt you. You see the power of that? The Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Jesus humbled himself and God says, I'm going to flip that and put you above all things. All things means the universe, kingdoms, rulers, angels, demons, history, nations, people, the church, that hater, your friend, your <laughs> uncle, all things. Under the leadership of Jesus' church. I hope you guys just tonight, Jesus is a pretty big deal. Let's not reduce him to a Sunday thing or a Saturday night thing. Jesus is a pretty big deal. We ought to stop here and just give him some praise tonight because he's a pretty big deal. And he's not done yet because he says, I have to come back and restore all things. See, see, if you believe in Jesus, we're going somewhere. This is not just random. It may seem random at times. It may feel like it's not going anywhere. But if you're paying attention, if you're tracking with him, he's taking you somewhere. He's taking the whole history somewhere. He's taking the entire universe somewhere and it's a good thing don't let anyone tell you it's doom we're doom it no it's a beautiful thing if you read the last chapter of this thing he's doing a beautiful thing everything that he said he was going to do he has done and there's still more to come but it's a beautiful ending in the end don't let get it twisted redemption is coming to the fullest and it's an awesome thing you will see jesus you will worship jesus you will live with jesus for all eternity There's hope in Jesus. In the meantime, we're going to ask, so what has it got to do with us tonight? Well, the apostle Paul, the man who wrote the words we read in Philippians, says, now that you experience Jesus, you must have the same attitude as Jesus. Did you catch that in verse 5? We must now become moldable and available to God as Jesus was. That's what it means to be God's servants. Jesus, catch this, had to empty himself of his divinity. We, on the other hand, must empty ourselves of our sinfulness. Now, here's where a lot of people get it twisted. You say, empty yourself of your sinfulness, automatically we get onto pressure mode. I got to try harder. If you try harder, you've missed Jesus. Jesus. It's not about trying harder. It's not about doing more. It really is about embracing what Jesus has done already. Because if you follow so far, here's what we talked about, right? We said Jesus already did the heavy lifting physically and spiritually. He's the one that carried the cross. He's the one that died for your sins. He's the one that rose again. He's the one that pushed back darkness. He's the one that, that rolled away the stone. Like he's done the heavy lifting. My job is not try, is not to try harder. My job is to embrace what he's done on my behalf. So the pressure's not on. The pressure is actually off if I get Jesus right. I don't do more. I, I become more That's good. if I get Jesus right. Because if he emptied himself is because he wants to fill you with himself That's right. if he died is because he wants you to live right it's an exchange i give myself away why so i can receive him I don't give myself away so I can be more empty. I give myself away so I can be more filled with who Jesus is. The power of his resurrection on my life. The joy of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord. The power of the Lord. The wisdom of the Lord. The grace of the Lord. The power of the resurrection on me. It's an exchange. I give myself away so I can get more. Like, this is crazy. This is Christmas every day. You give some terrible gifts, but you get some really good stuff. I'm talking about God, not your friends. (laughs) It is through Jesus that we can become God's servants. I hope we catch this tonight. It's not by trying harder. It is through Jesus and what he's done. Like we sang tonight, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes tonight, this is very important. Christian behavior is motivated and empowered by salvation in Christ, not by religious works. Did you catch that? Christian behavior is motivated and empowered by salvation in Christ, not by religious works. So what does this mean? Well, it means this. Jesus said this in John 12. He said this. If you want to be God's servants, right? He said... Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So in other words, it's about being where Jesus is. It's about going with where he's leading you. It's not about I'm going to try harder to be something that I'm not. Can you say amen? Amen. Our only response tonight, church, is to say, Lord, fill me up. I give myself away. Fill me up so you can use me because we are ordinary people let's not kid ourselves but that's the beauty of this thing God wants to take ordinary people fill them so they can do extraordinary things that's the point of Christianity God takes ordinary people like you and I and he fills them with His spirit and then he says now watch me do extraordinary things through you can you say amen he will use you to reveal himself to a watching world. That's the beauty of this thing. When you read scriptures, you see this throughout scriptures. God will always take ordinary people. The first disciples could not be more ordinary. Fishermen, tax collectors, ordinary people filled with the spirit of God. In one instance, when the church started and they were preaching the gospel with boldness and because the Spirit of God was upon them, and some of the religious people tried to stop them, and and, and they had this encounter with a couple of the disciples, Peter and John. And and, and this exchange is a beautiful exchange. Watch this in Acts chapter 4. It says, This, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's the key, church. If you've been with Jesus, you will be able to do exceedingly above. You can never ask or think of why. Because the Spirit of God is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to be a light, to be a salt (laughs) to your generation. I love that. I'm educated. And untrained men. The beauty of that, C.S. Lewis says this Christianity doesn't require education because Christianity is an education itself. God will take you to school and teach you how to be who He created you to be. They had been with Jesus. That's the secret. They've been with Jesus, that's the experience. That's the stuff that seminary cannot teach you. They may teach you about Jesus, but you got to be with Jesus. That's what going to church won't teach you. You may go to church, but you got to be with the person who runs the church. That you got to walk with him, you got to talk with him, you got to seek him and you will find him when you seek him with all your heart. They had been with Jesus. I pray that we are people who have been with Jesus so we can have boldness and power When we speak, there's life. When we touch, there's healing because there's power in those people who have been with Jesus. That's what it means to experience God. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, you just have to be with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Henry Blackaby in his book says this Anyone who will take time to enter into an intimate relationship with God can see God do extraordinary things through his or her life. Because why? Because you've been with Jesus. You guys can come up. You've been with Jesus. So the question tonight, church, do you want to be a servant of God? That's a willing thing. No one can force you to be a servant of God. You can force your kids to come to church, and you should force your kids to come to church, but at some point in their lives, they're going to have to have an experience with God that will actually keep them in church, will keep them not just in church, but will keep them actually thriving in life because they've been with Jesus. we got to go beyond the surface of just showing up. We have to show up and be with Jesus himself. That's the experience that we all need. I was telling the youth leaders this week, our young people need to be with Jesus. I don't know about you guys. I'm 39 years old. This whole cool thing, so irrelevant. So pointless. I don't know about you. I want to live with some power in my life. I don't, I don't need... 5,000 followers on Instagram. I need 5,000 prayer life with Jesus every day. I need life and power in me. I need to be with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. When things go bumping in the night, I have power to speak life over myself. I want to be with Jesus. I don't have to wait for the priest to come around. I can lay hands on my head and say, Jesus, I'm with you, and you're with me. And you said, whoever calls on your name shall be set free, shall be delivered. Do I, I, do I have people tonight who want to be with jesus you're tired of playing church you want an encounter you want to be with jesus so why don't you call on jesus tonight lift your hands and say i'll give myself to you i want to thank you for listening today and i want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of god and uh hope to see you soon